and welcome back to Sideline Night Podcast. You're welcome to our review show. <coughs> and we're looking back at the weekend of the semi-finals and then the immediate on the senior championship. I'm joined by Mark Beatty and we're going to look back at all four games, starting with the senior championship. And the first game, obviously, is Clans against Clan Iron. Mark, I'm glad you've joined me. I texted you this morning. I wasn't sure if you were in the mood or not, but um, a, a tough one to take for Clan Iron. There's no doubt about it. It's six up. Midway through the it it two up sorry midway through the second half, um there's a red card turns the game. Super Campbell comes into zone. There's so many talking points from it, um but I suppose just to start with, that's a, it's a heartbreaking loss for Clonard. It is Sean, yeah. Um, there's no point as Danana. It was a game we totally believe we were going to win. Um, we expected to win. We the guys, you know, just be speaking to everybody that it was. Even around the county, I think a lot of teams were expecting their clans to really put it up to Clonard, but at the end, maybe Clonard coming away, coming away with a victory. But just like a lot of games this year, the clans have proved so many people wrong. Uh, again, with it being you know, the local derby, you know, there's so much riding on it. Um, that that's it becomes really hard to take. Uh, there's there's no question about that. You know, there's no point telling any lies. Um, and as we're we're eight two up, um. It looked like we were cruising. It looked like we were in a really good place. Um, and to be honest, I, I was in co-commentary and I was, was saying that if the clans don't get a score, you know, if they, if they don't get something here to sort of stop stop the tide, then clan could maybe run away with us. Um, and naturally, they, they got a score after, after the sand off. And just after that, then, so it, was, it was the Stephen Campbell show. You know, he just completely took over and... What a performance! What a ten or fifteen minutes that man put in, you know, put in, uh, has to be the performance of the championship, you know. And they've been looking to Shane McPartland the whole way through the championship. He had been he had been awesome for them. Stephen was was chipping in, playing rightly, but he, he just took over. He just absolutely took over that game, and with no answer, with no answer, when we went down to the fourteen men. Um, but yeah, it was um, it's it's definitely a hard one to take. There's no question about it. And the game as a whole, Mark, obviously, second half was so exciting because clans were coming back extra time. It was so tight. But even I really enjoyed the first half, even because you just had that tension, the intensity of it. There wasn't many scores. I think it was 4-2 at half time. But the intensity of it all, it was just one of them derby days that was just so exciting throughout, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it, it got a lot of hype. The game got a lot of hype, a lot of build-up to the game. Um, it was a long time since both teams that have been really challenging to win a senior championship so all that was coming with big performances by Clan and Gale the whole way through they were just getting better and better every match Clan Arm were going along very consistent just just playing really well so this 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 was a perfect match and it lived up to it and I know some people will look at the first half and say it was 4-2 but you're 100% right you know the commitment the drive the the the, the hits that were going in um, the off the ball stuff that just everything that goes with, with a derby game and it, it really lived up to all the hype the second half just turned into a completely uh, uh, all together different match it was just end to end 15 minutes Clan Irm were in complete control sent off and then Clan Gale they took complete control and just it was it was a fantastic match it was, uh, if you were a neutral uh, you really and I, I was speaking to a lot of neutrals and they, they were at the game watching it on the TV and they all said it was, it was a fantastic match probably game of the championship um, so yeah it lived up to everything that everyone was speaking about but from a clan earned perspective it it, it, uh, it was you know very disappointing that we, we didn't come through at the end you know 
And that, the big turning point we've mentioned it a couple of times there was the red card. Um, it was eight two at that stage. A second yellow card for Ryan Meehan, um, an off the ball challenge, um, an off the ball tangle, I think. But it it was a big turning point, and I suppose another talking point was the referee as well, Mark. And you know, on this show, we don't normally talk about referees, but I've been getting so many messages and everything coming through it. We have to discuss it, I suppose. It the red card was the big turning point, and the referee. It's fair to say, let the game go um, throughout the yeah. whatever eighty minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Ran Ran Mahan's a guy, you know, red card, very seldom ever picks up a yellow card. Never mind, you know, two yellow cards. It was just one of those games. He came in with high tackle with a first yellow. It's a hundred percent a yellow card. No, no doubt about that. Uh, the second one was a bit of a tangle with Callum O'Neill. The referee seen, I think, at the end, Ran maybe pulling them down or, or whatever it was, but I think both of them were, were sort of at it. Um, and he got the second yellow card, just maybe deservedly so. But um, apart from that, Kevin Falloon, we knew going into the game, Clan Iron knew, the players knew, and the Clan Yield was the same, that he does let things go. He, he, he seems to forget that he's a whistle in his pocket at times. But um, on a Clan Iron, again, on a Clan Iron side of things, you, you would have to look at some of the decisions. You know, around Connor Turbot, he, he got on a bit of ball, and there's a lot of tackles went in where we would be thinking, they were definite fouls. He never gave them. What I will give him is he was consistent with it, where he, he did constantly, you know, in the Clannic Gales would be thinking the same. You know, it was a couple of decisions. Stephen Campbell, it was the game was at 8-7, I think. And I thought it was a definite foul for, for, for the Clans. Um, and that would have brought it to eight all. And he, he, he constantly let that happen. And, you know, so many people have been saying to me, you know, from since the game, uh, about some of this, how how does he how did he let some of them go? You know, and I'm sure if Kevin looked back at some of the decisions himself, he, he would probably be thinking he, he should have blew for freeze. And there's, there's no doubt there was some harsh decisions there. And, and as I spoke to, you know, as a forward, when you do all the work and and you win that ball and you go to take on your man and you know you're just about to maybe unleash one for a shot and you get pulled down or you know. It's so disheartening. It's so disheartening that uh, that you don't get the foul. You, when you've done all the work, done all the hard, especially in a game like the other night, the intensity of that match, and and for you to win any ball, any ball was crucial. It was just, you know, if you weren't on it, there was a clansman or a clan or defender, the hand was in, there was a the fist got in, got the ball away. So it was crucial when you won the ball and you, you got your opportunity to take a shot and you, if you were fouled, give the forward the foul, you know, we all enjoy the game being played and referee not blowing the whistle too much, but if there's a foul, it's a foul. And and, I, and that, that would be my sort of issue with, with Kevin Falloon the other night. Yeah, I, I nothing really dealt with that, Mark. I think you're spot on. You've summed that up um, pretty well and mentioned a couple of the key incidents that I think were big talking points from the game, the likes of the terrible foul in the first half and Campbell's in the second half. And um, he did give a, a Clannard penalty, of course, in the in extra time. And this was Clannard were comfortable, or Clannard Yale looked comfortable at this stage, Mark. And the goal just brought Clannard right back into this game. I think there was four in it at that stage. Um, the the excitement and everything, and we keep mentioning the excitement and the drama and everything, but it, it gave Clannard a real boost, that goal. But then Clannard Yale come up and Super Campbell scores his 10th point. And that's that's pretty much the game. And Supi Campbell's the he's he's the main talking point coming out of the game. His performance, the way he stepped up, 
scored 10 of the 14 points that, that period where it was 8-2. Um, he scored five in a row to bring Clannagale back into it. So I suppose Supe, he, he deserves massive credit for the performance he put in. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no no question on that there. Um just just on before that there, when when the clans went four up, Shane McPartland, I think it was Cal Moneal scored two great points in one and McPartland actually maybe it could have been goal for him, you know. Uh, at that stage I personally thought it was gone for Clanner. We were playing with Sean McCarthy had been black at that stage, so yeah, McPartland started to come into his own way. He started to perform a bit then at that stage as well. Uh so the leaders in the clans started to, to sort of take control of it. Um and, and then the penalty gave us a, a sort of new lease of life, gave us that opportunity of thought, here we go, maybe we'll, we'll get a draw or something out of it. But the momentum from the sent off right through was with the clans, and that momentum was all down to Stephen Campbell. He, you know, he just led the clans the victory. There was no question about it. And a bit like Shane McFarland in the other games, once he got going, you could see the rest of the clan of Gale players up rising, you know, every one, you know, Cal O'Neill started the but and I have to I have to point out that Emma McGee had an absolute storm of a game against Cal O'Neill. Uh it was a real brilliant battle between the two of them, two of them very similar in age and and it might be a year or so older, but them two would know each other and that I thought that was a, a fantastic battle. But the rest of the players in round the clans, you know, fellas who were who were maybe sort of six out of ten at that stage, you know, we were performing okay. All of a sudden, the rose to eight or nine out of ten. You know, these players just came in behind Stefan. And, you know, there was one there was one stage in the second half, and it was about five minutes or so after the sending off. And it was actually Stefan that made a run in the top right-hand corner. And it was a clown arm, and it was Michal O'Shea had the ball. And the clowns, it was like five or six of them, and they all just, you could just see them all that, that hunting the clown arm man down. Ball was got away, and then the next thing was maybe eight on to the next clown and player. It, it just and, and that was all down to Staten. You know, all you can talk about the scores, you can talk about the freezy kick points from play, 10 scores, unbelievable. But it was it was his effort too that he was up and down the field, getting on ball and, and spreading the passes about. And you know, that 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 was to me how the leadership he showed and and, and the drive and the will to um to get over the line and also the fact that uh he would. He just would love to beat Clonard. He doesn't seem to. <laughs> he doesn't seem to like us that much. So he seems to always perform against us as well. So um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of credit to Stephen. He, he was. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was the leader, and that the end of the seventeen year wait to make it into the county final. That was two thousand six. Was the last time they were there. Cross beat them in the final on its cross again this year. Um, they beat Madden on Sunday. And Cross just done what Cross do, Mark. It was a tight game, point for point, and it ends up with six point winners in a game that was literally point for point throughout. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and I was I was sitting when I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, Madden just need to, you know, be a bit more courageous, you know, just drive a few balls into the square, you know, put Nal Grimley in there and drive a few in them, try something a bit different just to get to try and get that three, four point lead. You know, because they were they got one point, two point lead, but Cross just every time you thought when Madden had a lot of possession, you know, they, they, they got ahead. You were thinking, get the next score, get the next score. But the next score nearly every single time was Cross, and you know, but it didn't look like the Cross was the team that was going to kick on. They were just hanging in and hanging in, and then they do what they do. Five ten minutes to go, you're thinking, what way is this game going to go? And you know, when you see the Madden people's walking out of the ground. How would we beat by six points? You know, because it was it was such a close game. But I just thought Madden, 
needed to go at them a wee bit more. They needed to be braver. And then, you know, after the big win, the quarterfinal, you know, it was real hard to get over that. You know, they couldn't get over quarterfinals and stuff like that. It, it should have been in the pressure. You know, they should have just been playing with, with real courage, you know, and, and, and be braver and stuff. But it just didn't seem it seemed like there was, there was, you know, there was something on their backs that they were... They were just holding back slightly, you know. Did they really believe they were going to beat Crossman? Then that's that was my point going into the game, and I, and I said it to the Paddy Grimley in the commentary after the game. I says if, if Madden really believe here, I think they can go and beat Cross. And I have to ask myself, did did they really believe? Because uh, I don't, I don't think by watching them that they didn't. Yes, they're easily good enough, and to show that how good they are and that they can really compete with any team in Armagh. But you know. If Cross Midland were in Madden's shoes, as we've seen what happened, they go on, they, they, they win the game by six points. That when it when it really comes to that crunch, they, they know how to get over the line. I suppose in them last couple of minutes, Mark Cross were maybe two or three up on Madden. We're just hanging in there. They needed a goal just to confirm that they were still in contention. But um, Cross got the goal on what a goal it was. Paul Hughes, beautiful ball across with the outside of his left boot. Kim McConville. Like one of the best finishes you'll see from Kian McConville, oh, who just yeah. coming back into form at the right time. Yeah, and Kian had been fairly quiet, I thought, for a, for a lot of the game. But that that's the sign of a, a fantastic footballer, you know. And as you said, what a pass by Hughes! He turned his man, and then he went, and what a finish! It was fantastic, just just from a brilliant player. But that's that's why you have to be on Kian McConville for sixty minutes, and and not think you've got him. For fifty minutes or fifty-two minutes, you know, you need to be on him the whole time because one snip and he, he he's in there and, and it's goal and he, and he proved that. Uh, fantastic goal, fantastic finish. Um, and again, it just it just shows how ruthless they are. You know, people talk about the cross aren't the same. That you know they're not as good as they used to be, and that they're not as good as they used to be because you're talking about one of the best ever teams. You know, so to live up to that there is really difficult. But in saying that, there is a ruthless taking cross with Lane. That just is never going to never going to leave them. It's just in it's in their blood, and you know it's it's something that Madden just wish they had had a half of it even because I think if they did they would have they would have had enough talent to get get themselves over the line. But now when when Cross get that stage, you come down you come down the line with them with five ten minutes to go, and it's nip and tuck. Your your money's nearly always in Cross just to somehow find a way of winning, and they seem to do it all the time. You know. And we spoke about Stephen Campbell um, being the star of the show on Saturday night. Sunday, it was about Ashin O'Neill, who obviously missed out a couple of years with Cross um, and, and Armagh as well. But he just came to the fore when it was evenly matched, whatever, 13-H, 14-H. He just rose to the occasion and he kept five points in all from midfield. He was the star of the show on Sunday, wasn't he, Mark? He was, and... I think Ocean's been. I think he's had a real brilliant championship. You know, right from the first game against the Clans. I know he was only, he was only back a few weeks at that stage, but he's just grew in in every game he's played uh, against the Hawks in the quarterfinal. I thought he was unbelievable as well. But again, yesterday, you know, you yeah, you were you were looking at at, at Nal Grimley, thinking maybe he maybe come in around the middle and, and, and you know maybe can control this match, but it it happened to be again. One of the O'Neills is either Rian or Ocean, and, and Rian maybe had a bit of a quieter game than, than you would expect. Still played reasonably well, but but it was Ocean who really who stood up, and he's he's, he's again he's a massive leader, a massive leader for Cross Midland, and he proved it again yesterday. And it was a couple of real good scores, and it was a couple of scores that that the one straight from the kickout, 
Um, and just one sort of quick pass and the next thing back to Ocean and um, over the bar. And it was every time it seemed to be when Madden maybe got that point ahead, it seemed to come out and, and Ocean, that was the time when he said to himself, no, we need to score. We can't let this, you know, and that, that's real leadership. And it's also, it's a sign of a really brilliant football that you're able to do it. You know, you can, you can think we need to get this score, but it's about going and doing it. And, and, and that's what he done. He went, he, he won the ball when it needed to be won in the middle. And he got on the end of scores as well, you know. Um, fantastic performance and from a fantastic player. I think Madden, they're going to be kicking themselves more because of the chances they missed throughout the game. And I think the Irish News reported this morning they'd missed four, they had four wides in the first seven minutes or something. And a couple of just maybe nervous shots and wrong um, shot selections and stuff. But I'm not sure what their wide count was, but they just they, they missed too many chances if you're going to be cross. We discussed it on our preview show that Cross were going to score at least 16, 17 points. They, they ended up scoring 20. You need to take every chance you, you get, don't you? I think I think that's the, the biggest thing. I, I don't know how many ways they had. I know they had plenty. But the key when you're playing Cross is them first five or ten minutes. You know, the deer going out to set, set a marker down. And Madden didn't do it. And that's what, from, from the outset watching the game, I was looking at it thinking, you know, this this is showing so much nerves and for for cross can can live off that there they can they can near you know sense that this team wouldn't say they're afraid or anything like that I would just say you know do they really believe and that a lot of that can come down to that there do these players really believe they can beat cross with Lane? and and that that looked it looked like out there they were nervous sort of shots um you know picking shooting when they maybe should have passed um just real silly, silly errors that, that you can't afford to do against Crossbit Lane because if, if you let Crossbit Lane stay in the game, you know, inevitably what's going to happen is what happened. You know, you get to the last five or ten minutes and then they just steamroll you uh, and because there's that much fight and hunger in them. Like, But, uh, but you've, you know, Madden really should have, that's the early stage of that game, should have been four or five points ahead and, and, and driving that on. And that would have given them so much confidence as well. You know, it would have given them the belief that they can go on and win it. But round the field, you know, then there's doubt sets in. You know, can we really do this? Uh, and to me, that's that's the way Madden played yesterday. I just feel that there was doubt in certain players, and, and I'd have to question that how much they really believed that they could beat Cross Midland. And uh, you know, and, and that that to me proved the point. And when Cross got got into that final ten minutes, then they showed their belief because they do believe they're going to win. I suppose looking forward to the final, we're not going to start previewing it or anything with two weeks to do that, Mark. But clans, they certainly won't fear Cross McGlynn having John with them earlier on in the championship. The belief they'll get now from getting back to the county final historically, they're a team that are a match for Cross McGlynn. So this is going to be a final that we can really look forward to. I think so. I, I, I think it'll be a cracker. Um, also, you know, when you say about believing, if there's one club, if there's one club in Armagh that will believe that they're going to win, it's Clonagale. You know, they're, 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 and that's something that I'll always and always have, you know, give them that they, they, you know, if a team, whether you be Clan or you, you be Madden or you be whoever, you can come along to these games and you think you're going to win and, you know, sometimes you, you don't get over the line. Uh, Clonagale in, in uh, years gone by, when they get a team and they get a sniff at something, they 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 go and do it, and you know you have to hold your hands up to that there. And this this is the perfect occasion again. Um, slightly different in two thousand and six. I think Crossbridge Lane were 
were just that bit ahead of everybody at that stage. I know Clannagale had some, you know, your Morrisons and stuff playing then, and a fantastic team at that stage. Uh, but still, Cross was that wee bit further ahead than most teams in Ireland, never mind Armagh. So, but this this is different. This is completely different. Where Clannagale are coming here every single match, they they have got better, better, and better. And even the Drummond Tee game when they didn't play so well, they still dug in uh, and they got the result. You know, um, and then the, the big performance against Kalibi, massive, you know, massive performance against us. But the big game is that game down in David Park, where they got the draw, they played reasonably well, but the fact is they have got better and better in every match, um, and and they're only they're only getting more and more confident, and you know just the fact that they beat Clown Earn, like Clown Earn, uh, I know I I blew Clown Earn up, and, and and then you know really expected them to win the senior championship, um. But there's there's no question. A lot of people around the county, Clansmen, all all believe had a fair belief that from the outset the Clan Arm was probably the team to beat in the championship. You know, Clan Arm certainly wouldn't have been fearing across the lane, so there's no reason why Clan Yale is going to fail them. And uh, you know, if you if you get performances like Staffan give on Saturday night, and you get another, you know, Shane McPartland had a quieter game on Saturday night. Um, but if he can, if he can get that form back, there's no question that they're there. Yeah, they're going to be right on this. This is going to be this is going to be one hell of a game. Yeah, it's definitely we're, we're going to look forward to it and be a big two week build up to it as well. Um, that, that we'll be covering. And with an intermediate final too, Mark, we know who's in it now. It's probably the expected final. Um, is Cully Hanna against St Paul's? Um, two best teams heading into I felt anyway heading into the semi finals, but two real tests, particularly the Katie and St Paul's game, which we'll come to, was probably the game of the weekend. And I suppose to start with, um, Cully Hanna maybe got a, a bigger test than, than certainly I was expecting. They looked like they were going to pull away with in the first half, but Anto Duffy got a cracker of a goal um, just before half time, brought the Oaks back into it. And a bit like we were saying about Madden, the Oaks were kicking themselves because they did a couple of really good goal chances in the second half that they didn't take. And because of that, Cully Hanna just they were fit to keep them sort of at arm's length for the remainder of the game and then ran out five point winners. Yeah, they, 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 they sort of had that two or three point lead and and yeah, Cully Hanna, you know, we've talked about this throughout the whole way through the championship, you know, by teams not getting tested and, and you know, stuff like that there. And Cully Hanna probably hadn't been tested until this game, but they knew that they, they were going to get a massive test here against Pierce Oaks. Traditionally, you know, the two sort of senior teams. So the Oaks had no probably fear, really. They knew that Cully Hanna was a real strong team. But they, they wouldn't have been going in with any fear and they would have had belief for your know, Aldo Duffy's, your Paul Duffy's, these fellas, you know, Vinci, Benny Brady and stuff. And um, you know, they're real, they're a good, real good, uh, especially at intermediate level, a very strong team. So there was no question the Oaks were going to give them give them that sort of tough game that they needed. And to be fair to Colin Hanna, they came through it and uh, they they'll they'll be really they'll be glad of that game. They'll be glad of getting that tough game against the Oaks, uh, because I think if they would have been going into the final with another sort of easy enough victory, they really would have been struggling against a, a strong St. Paul's team. But uh, the, the big players stood up for Cullihanna, and that's, that's massive. You know, the, the boys have come back from the county and the early stages maybe weren't were, were playing reasonably well, doing what they had to do. But when it came to, when it came to the crunch on, on Saturday, they, they, they stood up and, and gave big performances. 
Well, that's the big thing, and obviously, um, it's it's no coincidence that the county players are the best player club players. And yeah. um, we've mentioned Supi, Ashin O'Neill, but Aidan Nugent, Jason Duffy, and Ross McQuillan probably wore the difference on on Saturday evening. I think McQuillan he got the goal in the first half. Duffy got three points, and Nugent got six. So. At intermediate level, when you have three county players like that, and then a load of good club players as well, like we've spoke about them all year, Tony Donnelly, Sean O'Gurwin, Sean Connell, Mickey Murray come off the bench. I think that was his first bit of championship action. Pace Casey around the middle. Like, Cully Hanna, they're, they're really strong outfit just throughout the team, aren't they? Yeah, no, I'm not going to start saying that they're going to win the, the championship, but the, the sound the sound like a team also, like very rarely in Armagh, we, we get teams that into the intermediate and Ulster or anything where you, you think there's a real chance but you know with them type of players uh, in your team and in your squad you know that's something that you know further down the line I know they'll not be thinking about that at the moment but just looking from the outside you're looking at a team that can really challenge you know when you you name all them players that, that's to me as a senior that's a senior outfit like you know um, and I was talking to Shane McKeever who'd be part of the, the Cullingham management team and from, from the county players coming back um, he had said to me about Aidan Nugent especially you know the, the work that he puts in he, he's there half an hour before training half an hour after training and all the other players just feed off that you know he, he is a complete leader a real leader of, of um, no coincidence that he was uh, joint captain of Armagh as well you know so he, he he's he's leading the lane with him and a bit like Ocean a bit like Stephen the rest of these fellas are, are, are rolling behind him and uh, that's all the credit to, to Cully Han. They're, they're going to be a very hard nut to crack in the final. And it's it's St Paul's that have the, the mission of doing that, Mark. They they just about got through Katie and it was what a game it was. I think there was there was five goals scored in the first 20 minutes. It was just, literally we talk about games end to end. This was end to end goal scored. And Andrew Mernon, obviously speaking about county men, he, he was the standout here. Scored three goals, three legitimate goals, and a fourth that was ruled out to a square ball. But it, obviously the goals is what catches the headlines. But he came out the field then in the second half, played in around the middle of the field, catching kickouts, putting in big tackles. He was just outstanding, and he he was the difference between the two teams, really. Every time we talk about St Paul's and every time we talk about them winning matches, you know, you talk about Andy Muirin scoring, but then you talk about him the amount of ball he wins in the middle. Then you talk about him making a block in the twenty-one yard line. You know, the man, he's he's superhuman. Like he is absolutely, and again, no coincidence that he's that he's maybe potentially getting you know he's up for an all star. You know, he, when he's on form and he's fully fit, I personally. Rate him as probably the best player in the county. You know he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and the goal that was disallowed, uh, I'm struggling to one. You know how that was disallowed because I think he jumped from about the twenty-one and landed <laughs> in the square. So he did. You know he he was just sailed through the air and, and driven into the back of the net. And then the soccer style score, go, goal that he scored. You know he, he just possesses everything. Um, and again at intermediate level. A player like this is just so valuable, you know. And again, you know, the rest of the players then we've already spoke about in every in every team, um, how the rest of the players respond. And there's out of every club what we spoke about so far, there's no club responds better than St. Paul's down the year. You know, he is just to have that man um involved in a team at, at that level is just brilliant. And even even the training, you know. 
going down and fellas trying to mark him. I'm sure they maybe have to put two or three on him and train, but um, you know, just getting that experience and marking that man. How do you mark him? Uh, and, and I know again a bit like Aidan Nugent when he's at training, he just he's a serious, uh, a serious uh, trainer as well. You know, he he puts absolutely everything in and he does everything for some balls and you know. <sighs> I know that they call him Hannah three county players, but Andy Murren's basically like three county players. <laughs> he is he is that good. Um so yeah, um fair play again to support, but what a game. What I know the credit to Katie, you have to you have to put out shout out to Katie as well. Like they drive on in that game, some of the feeding that they had around the midfield, some of the scores that they had. Um, I was well impressed by Katie. I actually thought some balls would won the game a bit easier, you know. But uh, I was well impressed by Katie, and and they're about to be got up as well, you know, because that was that was one hell of a match. I was the same as that, Mark. I sort of said that in our preview show last week that I didn't really know a whole pile about Katie. I hadn't seen them this year. Um, I'd seen the scores that they were putting up. Obviously, James O'Hara had been the the main man throughout the championship. But Tomaski Alvin that day stood up, I'm not sure what he scored, 1-3 or 1-4 maybe, set up the first goal as well. Um, and Owen Fullerton played really well, James King in around the middle of the field. Like Katie, they're a real solid team, and Simon McGarry has done serious work with them. And I suppose the big thing for Katie is the one Division 2B, it's gone up into that top level now at, at Intermediate, going into 2A, keeping all their players together, like they, they seem a fairly young outfit. And just trying to push on now, and they'll be a big contender next year if they can keep everybody fit. Yeah, well, that's key. That's key. Moving from 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 two two B to two A and playing the best teams in the intermediate level week in week out. Um, yeah, I thought King. I've always rated them as a really good player. Um, I thought you know the work rate that he showed the other day. He was the leader really for for Katie, and he he, he really. Took the game to some balls, won some serious ball in around the middle. And he was just sort of everywhere, and, and you know, them players they deserve. You know, a lot of their players out there just that soldier all the time, and, and, and sometimes don't get the reward. But yeah, if Katie if Katie can stick at it, and Sam McGeary's a, a brilliant man in there, you know, leading them and, and, and proving them. You know, and if they can stick at it and stick together for another year, you know, Katie's is a, a massive club, but they've nasty got the pull from the hurling and. You know, so much going on and around the club that um, it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to keep them all dedicated to, to one to one sport, and uh, that that would be key to them. It's just making sure that that team stays together. You know, to get back at it, they know how close they are. They know how close they are. They're really doing something at, at that level, and uh, you know, why why would they not think that come back next year and 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 go one step further? So yeah, we've two massive finals to look forward to. They they both take place on October twenty second. I'm just not sure of the times. I think the times have been released, but I don't have them off the top of my head. So two big games to look forward to in the coming weeks. The junior final is on this weekend as well. It's on Saturday evening. So we'll be back with a preview show for that, maybe on Thursday, and interviews, previews, and all the rest that we usually have um in the build up to these games. Big shout out to Capture Athletic for coming on board as our main sponsor. For the duration of the championship and a big thank you to you too mark for coming on and discussing the semi-finals no problem sean thank you